Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm right over there with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. <laughs> Hi. How are you? We're I'm doing great. We're recording this off schedule, and it's thrown my entire day. It's thrown my entire day off. I don't know which end is up. Well, it's I afternoon. So I, know. I guess it's down. Very, very strange. My dog <laughs> is know. definitely in uh, in play mode. And so that might be happening right during the show. He might just decide it's time. I have sufficiently treated him, so he, sh- he should be okay. But, you know, he has ADHD. So what are you going to do? True. Uh, we are, uh, this is a great show today. I'm very excited about this. Happy uh, ADHD Awareness Month. This is very, very exciting, mostly because we have a dear friend back on the show. And I think with this episode, our dear friend enters the ADHD Podcast Hall of Fame. This is the oh fifth, fifth appearance. I'm so excited. She speaks from the void. It. Uh, ah! It's very, very exciting. This is a Hall of Fame guest appearance. I'm not even going to tell you who she is yet because I got to tell you all the commercial stuff. Before we start the show, head over to TakeControlADHD.com to get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to our mailing list. On the homepage, we'll send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest at Take Control ADHD. But to really connect with us, join us in the ADHD Discord community. Super easy to jump in the general community chat channel. Just visit TakeControlADHD.com slash Discord and you will be whisked over to the general invitation and log in. If you're looking for a little bit more, particularly if this show has ever touched you or helped you understand your ADHD in a new way, we invite you to support the show directly through Patreon. Patreon is listener-supported podcasting. It's fantastic with just a few dollars a month to us from you. You guarantee that we continue to grow this show, add new features to the community, and invest more heavily in the resources that we create. Visit patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. Now, our one bit of news, because it's ADHD Awareness Month, we are halfway through the month as you listen to this, and we're still going strong in that Discord community. We've got multiple events available to the community every week. Head over to TakeControlADHD.com slash Awareness23 to find out what's going on and how you can join in. So much stuff is open to the public that is normally hidden behind the big velvet curtain, digital curtain. Uh, this month, we're excited to let you peek in. Nikki, the greatest soldier in the war against stinking thinking is back. Sharon Celine, 
author of the award-winning book, What Your Child Wishes, ADHD Child Wishes You Knew, Working Together to Empower Kids for Success in School and Life, and the ADHD Solution Card Deck, is back for her fifth appearance. And today she's going to help us journey through the power of community in our own ADHD lives. Sharon, welcome back. Thank you so much. So excited to be here. Welcome. on your show. It's a highlight for me. I'm Yay. so glad. So glad. So uh, you know what, Nikki, set us up. What, where did we start talking about? Uh, why did we start talking about community and ADHD? Well, because it's so important. It is uh, so important, I think, not only to help uh, navigate and understand your ADHD, but just to have that support and that understanding that somebody gets you. And you don't have to explain to them what's going on because they understand it. They're going through it themselves. And there's this like bond that just immediately happens when two ADHD people get together. <laughs> they just get each other. And then you get like a whole group of people. You know, uh, yeah. we were just talking about the conference that's going to be coming up in Baltimore in November for ADHD, the uh, national conference. <laughs> and uh, and that's a really fun place for community and uh, yeah. getting to to be with people that that get you. In fact, I said to Nikki, I'm so excited. I'm going to get to meet you again. And Nikki was like, you already met me. I'm like, again, again, yeah. I get yeah. to hang out with you. Right. Yeah. It, it's, right. I mean, there's just a lot of joy and a lot of energy around it. But I think, uh, you know, when we're when we're living with our ADHD, it can feel very isolating. And that's one of the things we want to talk about with you today, Sharon. As as we as, as you work with people and you work with families and kids, why what is the value of community to someone whose ADHD is leading them down a particularly isolated path? How do you navigate that? It's such a good question. So human beings are we're wired for connection. And uh, one of the very sad aspects of being neurodivergent is that um, you can you feel differently, you think differently, um, and um, from the outside you look just like everybody else. And so the expectation is that you perform, quote unquote, in a neurotypical way. Um, rather than honoring the creativity, the spontaneity, the inno innovation, um, the humor, uh, and, and the sensitivity that you carry as somebody who has ADHD. And so mm. um, one of the patterns that we're con most concerned about in mental health in general right now uh, are, are the higher rates of um, anxiety and depression that we're seeing across the board. And this isolation started during COVID. But for people who are neurodivergent, it's it's probably been with them for many, many years, um, likely since childhood, when they felt like they were doing it, quote unquote, wrong, that they were getting a direction that they had to do it differently. Or my personal favorite, you're just too much. Mm. Yeah, that that's that's actually going to be the theme of my performance at the talent show. <laughs> oh, um, good. Because <laughs> um, I have some feelings about that. And um, one of the things that's really great um, 
about, you know, being open about your neurodivergence. Um, so I'm open that I have a lot of anxiety and I also uh, have, you know, some mild ADHD around emotional control, time. It's just kind of slippery for me, as Ari Tuckman says, and a little bit of problem shifting. Like if I really want to do something and then it it, it changes in the last minute, it, it takes me a, a little bit a minute or two to uh, like a minute, mm-hmm. <laughs> more than a minute, several minutes um, to kind of manage my disappointment about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, um, these are things that I, I work on and I, I use my own um, tools to help me. Um, and they've, they've assisted me in, in kind of creating the, um, the philosophy that I have about ADHD, but I want to lead with that because I want other people to know, Hey, you know, people who, um, people like Dr. Sharon struggle, people like Nikki struggle, people like Pete struggle, and we all have strengths and talents. And so one of the things that's important about being in community is being able to live in the full sense of who you are and not worry about being judged negatively for that. Because that's really what it is, is it's that judgment mm-hmm. that we feel. or Whether it's true or not, it, we're feeling it, right? Like we're feeling we're being judged. Yes, and, and I think some of that has come from actually being judged. Right, right. You know, I mean, I've been working yeah. with children and teens who, you know, mature into uh, adults. So I really mm-hmm. see ADHD across the lifespan. And the fact is that children and teenagers and even adults can be mean. It can be very it mean. It can be very yeah. mean. And so there's all kinds of exclusion or bullying or, um, you know, uh, put downs that can occur and, and, um, it hurts. And for many people with ADHD who are sensitive, um, who, who may, uh, have rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria, or just be kind of emotionally open and, 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 um, uh, I don't know. I guess the word is, I guess it's just sensitive. It can be difficult. I mean, in my family, when I grew up, um, I was sensitive. I've always been sensitive. And, you know, that is actually a strength for me as a psychologist and as an expert in ADHD, uh, someone who teaches and consults. That sensitivity is very helpful because I can tune in to things that are going on around me that other people might miss. But I was teased even by my parents and my brother. I was called super yeah. sensitive Sharon. Like, how's that helpful? Yeah. So, right. you know, and that was, and I'm here I am, you know, a grown woman. And I remember that from when I was like seven yeah. or eight. We're still talking about mm-hmm. it right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly. right. So you have just defined the case for why really why it took me 20 years to even talk about the fact that I was kind of missing out on a community. Like I, I struggle with the idea of given all the stuff that many, especially kids diagnosed with ADHD um, and, and the, the associated sort of lowercase t trauma that they go through in that real judgment, um, mm-hmm. you know, why would they even try 
to find a community of like people. Like that's the hump you have to get over. I, I feel like because they wouldn't even know what's out there. It's like why reveal yourself? Yeah. When that when that opening, you know, has it could you know someone could pour salt in it. Yes. Or you know, I mean, it's just these are things that happen to us, and these painful incidents stick with us. Now, in mm -hmm. my case, I try to use them uh, in my cabaret shows and turn it around and make something humorous out of it, but it's not funny. Um, no. And so it's helpful to talk to other people who are sensitive, who are intense, who have a variety of interests, and that that's, you know, considered normal in our community. Like, yeah, you have a bunch of interests. Of course you do. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, you're high energy. Of course you are. You know, yeah. um, so that it's very confirming of who we are. And that's what I feel like is so important about community um, than the ADHD community in general, which is why it's important to own who you are because no one can do that for you. Mm -hmm. Now, do I go around saying I have ADHD, I have ADHD? No, I say I have a highly intense anxious brain because that's what makes sense for me in my daily life. But I'm intense and I'm anxious. That's what I deal with. Those are the those are some of the stumbling blocks. So it would be great for you listeners out there to think about, you know, if you took the ADHD label away, what would you call your brain? Because we want to have a name that makes sense for your lived experience. And that's where you kind of can reclaim your power. Go ahead, Nikki, because I'm stymied right now. I'm trying to figure out how would I describe my brain without right. using like, those words? What, how how would we do that? I want to answer that question. That's a really strong question. Uh, yeah. How would What's you that do that, process? Pete? I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 Sharon, guide me through it. How do you talk about it? Well, you know, some people say they have a foggy brain or they have okay. a fast brain or they have um, a dreamy brain or a spontaneous um creative brain, you know, whatever it is, we, I want you to use language and adjectives that make sense to who you are every day. Because yes, the ADHD is helpful for a diagnosis, for getting medication, for finding books on, on the topic. Um, but it, it isn't having that, that label isn't necessarily going to help you own Oof. who you are. Yeah. Yeah. ADHD yeah. is is not an identity, I guess. Like the identity no. comes from the descriptor of me, what normal is for me. So what mm -hmm. is normal for you, Pete? Yeah, well, I mean, you just said kind of all of them. Uh, <laughs> I would say chatty. <laughs> <laughs> chatty. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, I have a talkative brain, right? A brain that, that talks a lot out with through my mouth and just in my head. Um, mm -hmm. Impulsive. Uh, and that cuts both ways, too. Um, how about spontaneous? But, but spontaneous, it's also little, it's anxious. A little less negative. Yeah, right. Anxious, but also anxious. And I would say, by by dint of an anxiety, comes fearful. Like I, I think I carry mm -hmm. probably th those gears tend to turn pretty hard more than uh, maybe mm -hmm. others. Certainly in my family. I don't know, Nikki. How do you fare? Uh, I would say curious. Mm -hmm. I'm a very curious brain. I, I ask a lot of questions. I'm nosy. I ask questions I probably shouldn't ask, 
but I'm curious. So I'm going to ask him anyway. Uh, definitely anxious. Definitely some anxiety in there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are the two that that pop up in my mind right right away. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I love that. I actually realized that anxious might not be the best term for me, um, but I like a curious and um, intense and worried because I have a worry mm. brain. That's mm-hmm. really what it is. That's it, better. It worries. It kind of cycles through all kinds of different worries, toxic, yeah. uh, productive, you name it. I My brain covers it all. Um, and so um, that's, you know, we want to own that if, uh, so that we go, we don't engage in stinking thinking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because right. stinking thinking says, is is a finger that's wagging at you about what's wrong with you. So um, Mm -hmm. we really want to come up with some terms that help us feel pride in Mm -hmm. in who we are, you know? Okay. Okay. So I'm curious. I'm curious. Look, that word came up again. Uh, So for social anxiety, so for people who worry about being in social uh, situations, and, and I think this isn't just in a physical way, but also I've, I've had people who have told me that they have held back in our, in our community and inside of discord because they really don't know where they fit in, or they're really not sure how to like, just introduce themselves. How do you deal with that when you have, you really do have this worry Mm -hmm. and you, and you want to be a part of a community? So social anxiety is so interesting because social, the process of social anxiety is, it's twofold. Uh, on a surface level, you're thinking that you know what someone else is thinking about you, right? That's the process of social anxiety. I think I know what you're thinking about me. I'm worried what you're thinking about me. And so therefore I'm creating a narrative that, probably doesn't exist, right? Because I don't know what you're thinking about me. Um, Other than what you show me on your face or you say with your words, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The other part of social anxiety, sort of the deeper, you know, when we dig down, is this core sense of deficiency. I am not okay. I'm not enough. Whatever the deficiency is for you not smart enough. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not, um, I'm, I'm not clever. Uh, people won't like me, whatever it is. Okay. I'm not likable enough. I mean, you can just fill in the blank. And so we have to sort of look at that, that core deficiency, which is, is really kind is all about stinking thinking, Pete, um, which we're telling ourselves these negative things. And what we want to do instead is try to flip that to something like sometimes people like me and sometimes they don't. That's okay. Mm -hmm. I worked with this, um, I still work with her. She's almost 17, but I worked with her when she was for many years. I've known her six, seven years. And um, she went to camp. I think she was like 12. And uh, she has ADHD. She also is... um, uh, what we call level one autism. She just struggles um, in with some rigidity and understanding social nuances and 
you know, basically uh, being able to kind of evaluate herself and the effect of the things that she does around on people around her. So um, we had an agreement with the camp that if she needed to talk to me while she was at camp, uh, we would do a phone session or something. So um, the camp notified me and we, we, we started talking and I'm going to call her um, Maya. So Maya said, well, I have this problem, Dr. Sharon. And I said, well, what is it? And she said, well, um, people think I don't like them. And I said, really? Uh, why? And she said, well, because what happens is um, people will ask me a question or something or they'll say something and I don't know what to say. So I turn around and walk away and then they think I don't like them. And I said, well, what's happening when you turn around and walk away? And she said, well, I'm just trying to think about what I want to say or how I feel about what they asked me. I need more time. And I said, okay, so um, do you ever go back and say to them, I, I thought about this. I just needed more time. And she said, no, I never do that. And I said, okay, so hmm. let's try an experiment. So here's the experiment. Someone says something to you, you're not sure how to respond. What you say is, wow, that's a good question. Can I get back to you? And she said to me, am I allowed to do that? Am I allowed to do that? And no. I said, oh, yes, you are. Yeah. And you yeah. want to keep doing it throughout your whole life. Correct. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you want to do it over and over. She said, uh, and then we talked, we did some role plays, you know, where she was a, 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 a fellow camper and I played her and, you know, demonstrated um, how to do it. And then I was the camper and she was her. Okay. Next week, we set up a meeting for the following week. The next week we have our, our meeting and I say, well, how's it going? She's like, Dr. Sharon, it's so much better. I said, why? She said, because I say people, I say to people, can I think about that and get back to you? And they say, yes. <laughs> so, then I can think about it and get back to them. This, I said, yeah. really? How does that feel? She's like, so much better. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, that gets to something that I feel like I find all the time, which is like the, the, the role that ADHD plays requires a constant reminder of my agency in the world. Right? Yes. Yes. Because because we feel disempowered because as young young people, we were given messages that were negative. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know sit down, stop tapping your foot. Um, you're distracting people. Um, uh, you're, you know, hey, stop looking out the window, pay attention, whatever it is, you know, and these. Yeah have to do with school or at home or why can't you do your your you know why can't you pick up your room like your sister can blah 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 yeah and so we yeah. internalize that and then we think that you know we go into a situation whether you're at camp or you're in the the lunchroom at at at, at work that we know what other people are thinking and we don't right mm -hmm. but but it's awful easy for us to convince ourselves that we do Right. Mm -hmm. And that gets oh, to sure. like, we'll, we'll call that the avoidance. Right. That's the part that uh, puts up such a robust challenge to walking into a room, even a room filled with people just like me. Right. right. And I'm and, a 50 year old man and I'm still thinking about those things when I go to events. I'm still thinking about that. 
And so what people need to sort of combat social anxiety is a strategy. When I walk into the room, I'm going to look for a familiar face. I'm going to uh, go up and get myself a, a seltzer with lime and see if um, somebody there, you know, is seems friendly. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say hi to three people and mm -hmm. see how they respond. Um, and then I'm going to ask them, you know, like, how's your day or where are you from or whatever. But you have to have a strategy and you have to have a strategy of like three things. Yeah. And then it's important, you know, if you need to, you can write it on your phone and just casually check your phone to remind you of your strategy. Well, and yeah. it's just a reminder, like normally when I go into an event with a bunch of people just like me and I say something to someone, I look like the power player, right? Like I look like the guy who is in control when in fact, it's just dumb luck that I happen to speak first. That's okay. Nobody else needs to know that. And the problem is solved, right? You are doing them a favor. Because they might, they're probably thinking the same thing because, That's again, right. just like me, <laughs> we're all in the same boat. I, I'm wondering, though, when you think about like social anxiety is a huge part of why we I, I, why we av might avoid or or not seek out communities. Right. And, and mm -hmm. avail ourselves to the power of, of a community. But what else do you hear when you when people talk about why they they don't look out for groups like them to engage with. What else do you hear and how do we get uh, to the other side? Profound of rejection sensitivity dysphoria. Yeah. I am terrified of being rejected. I I can't differentiate between a, when rejection has actually occurred and my belief that rejection is occurring. And either way, I don't know how to respond without collapsing. Mm. Yeah. Instead of realizing that not every, you know, really accepting not everyone is going to like you. And, and I, I, that's hard. I mean, it's hard for all of us. It's hard for me. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard when, you know, someone's putting together a summit. I'm not asked to be part of that summit. You know, that doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe that's about me and maybe it's not. And, and that's something I've really had to work on my whole life. Like, what is this? What part of this is about me? And what part of this is not about me? Um, and that's a very challenging question, which is why we have a few best buds or a partner or a sibling or somebody who you can check out, a, you know, what's happened. And, and, and if you're, you know, sort of gauge, you know, am I overreacting um, or was this actually kind of a crappy thing, you know? Yeah. yeah, getting that second point of view. But you have to have, yeah. you know, people don't need tons of friends, right? right. We need basically two or three friends mm -hmm. at minimum. One person to spend time with. A second person to spend time with if that first person is busy. And maybe a third person to spend time with if the first two people aren't available. <laughs> That's what you need. You don't mm -hmm. need a whole gaggle of, uh, of people. Um, and so what happens is for a lot of people who have ADHD, um, social anxiety and rejection sensitivity dysphoria, they create in their heads, something is wrong with me that I don't have seven friends. 
you know, that I have two. Instead of, aren't I so lucky? I have these two friends who totally accept me and we can do things together. Yeah, Mm -hmm. right, right. It's so, I'm, I I could be very, very quick to paint that picture. And, Mm -hmm. and it's exacerbated by the fact that I don't actually work with very many people (laughs) in real life. It's me and my dog, right? Right. Plus a lot of videos, a lot of small screens. And so I, I think that, that painting hangs in a prominent place in my head gallery wow. that uh, it makes it very, very easy to further cement uh, a, you know, a, that that sort of fear of examining other opportunities, right, to see people who are just like me. That RSD is funny and horrible that it sneaks up around corners I don't expect to feel rejected. Mm-hmm. Right? It's insidious. Mm-hmm. It's poisonous. Yeah. And it and and then what happens is um there's a part of us that, you know, we just go down the shame spiral into the pit of I don't like myself. Yeah. Or worse, I hate myself. I loathe myself. Um and and when you're in that place community is is not something you're thinking about because you don't feel like you're worthy or deserving part of it Mm -hmm. and and the fact is we're all worthy of giving love and feeling loved Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh how do you how do you walk people through the the challenge of um, as a sort of subset of RSD, the challenge of feeling one comment uh, is the neutron bomb of rejection, even in a sea of praise. I'm thinking about people mm-hmm. who get a review with a cur- with a critique on it at work that yeah. might not be in favor. I mean, that can, uh, you know, there's for- five five points about how great you are and yeah. one point of something you can work on. But here's the one: your TPS on reports, one. your TPS reports aren't quite, you know, straight. So get right. that right, and suddenly you feel like you might as well quit the job. Right. So we as humans have a negativity bias. Um, in our brains. And that's actually kept us alive for, you know, the millennial, mm-hmm. the millennia. Um, <clears throat> um, and so that we are, a, we're, we're, we're scanning the environment for potential dangers um, so that we can avoid them and not be eaten by the tiger in mm-hmm. the jungle. Um, so now today there aren't necessarily tigers in the jungle, but what there are are other kinds of interactions that we interpret that way, right? So we interpret um, the, the the sixth comment on our review as the most important thing. And what we have to do is actually actively talk to ourselves, talk back to the part of yourself that stinking thinking. Um, I have a name for that part for me. Mm-hmm. And um, it's good to name that that part of yourself. Um, that Richard Schwartz talks a lot about parts in his work with internal family systems. And and I think, um, you know, come for me coming out of a, a you know psycho psychodrama background, being able to concretize that part, name it, picture it describe it, um, write it down, draw it, maybe find an image on, um, 
on the internet. And then we want to do the same thing with the part of ourselves that actually believes in ourselves, the five other things on that list, because we have to train ourselves to look at those five things. And that's very difficult if you don't have a history of doing that, or if you didn't grow up in a family system where people told you those things. So this is where the curiosity, I think, can come into play too as, as part of that strategy when you're talking to yourself. What, what, what are some questions that you could ask yourself in that situation mm-hmm. when you're, you know, to me, I'm looking at this dragon that's, you know, spitting fire at me, right? What are yeah. some questions that w- listeners could, could ask themselves? Well, I actually think it's less of a question and more of statements. Oh, Um, good. Okay. We don't want to ask that negative part anything. We need to shrink it. And the way we're going to shrink it is by talking back to it. So we're going to say, um, you are, you've created a story about this situation. We need to check that out with someone else for, to get some perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could say zoom out. Zoom, zoom out for far, as far back as you can so that you can look at this uh, situation um, from, a, from a wider lens. Um, you might say to yourself, I am not good at receiving positive feedback. So I'm going to focus on the thing that isn't, that is what I need to change rather than receiving the, um, the positive uh, from this situation, or even something simple like, whoa, worry monster, sit down. I need to get more facts. Then I can, if there's, if you're right, what we can run with what you're saying, but if you're wrong, I'm going over here with my, my, in my inner ally. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, we, I, I feel like this is a, this is a mantra I need to continue to talk about because it's, it's that exercise of living inside of fact and truth and actually going through the, the like, here's the stuff I know that I can verify as, as fact. Everything else is in a completely different bucket because everything else is unverified uh, story. And mm-hmm. I can pour it out. I can pour it out. But I have to, I feel like there's a, I feel like it's a high calorie burn activity, right? To actually filter when I'm in as, you know, our, our mutual friend, James uh, Ochoa says, when I'm in a storm, right? When I'm in an emotional yeah. storm. Exactly. And it's very hard to do, um, which is why it's great to have a coach or a therapist whose voice, you know, you can kind of hear in your head. And something happened to me this week and I was upset and I took my dog for a walk and I actually heard the voice of uh, um, someone that uh, has helped me over the years um, basically say, you can't be everything to everybody. It's okay. And I really like literally was like saying that to myself as I'm walking in the park. Some things and some things don't work out. And that doesn't mean that you're a failure. It just wasn't the right time. Like that's where the zooming out helps me. It's like there is something that has to be greater than what's happening right now. And if this thing is not materializing for me, 
then maybe it wasn't meant to, but something else is waiting for me. Growth mindset. Yeah. yeah. All about the growth mindset, right. Nikki. Mm-hmm. Love that. And that does, it allows us to move on from the, the what ultimately amount to paper cuts, like insignificance. Right. I mean, with people with ADHD, you know, experience um, sort of the trauma of a thousand little paper cuts mm-hmm. because they accumulate over time into like a wound. Mm-hmm. Um, but we as adult people can really work with our what's the younger person inside of us, the little, the part that is feeling afraid or um, or is worried um, that that you don't measure up by saying things back to that, you know, essence of stinking thinking like mm-hmm. it's okay you know it's not great it's okay and that's the other thing it's like yeah this feels bad it's okay this feels bad it's not the end of the world it's just uncomfortable yeah yeah i as we're having this conversation sharon i am like oh, you can't see i'm tying my fingers in knots and i'm just trying to notice that somatic experience because all i can think about is um Okay, but back to my storm, I can't see enough with enough clarity to be able to lift myself out of the million, the tornado of a million paper cuts. Right. So that's why you actually need to have on your phone and on a post it or as many places as possible three things for you to do to soothe yourself in that storm. Because you have to slow that storm down and figure out how to settle. Before you submit the registration, before you cancel your online accounts, before. Correct. Yeah, okay. Correct. So for me, I knew that I was distressed and I took my dog for a walk because it was a beautiful day. And I thought this will help you shift. You know, when we, um, if you have children and you've parented children when they're babies and they're screaming their heads off, we ask ourselves a few questions. Are you hungry? Are you, you know, maybe thirsty, thirsty. Um, uh, do you need a diaper change? Are you tired? And then the last one is, um, do we need a change in the environment? So maybe I'm just going to take you, baby, and put you in the stroller and take a walk. Mm -hmm. And that will help. You may scream for five minutes of that walk, but I'm going to see what happens. Or I'm just going to go stand outside and allow you to be outside with me um, and change the environment. And I think we actually have to ask ourselves those questions. You know, am I hungry or thirsty or whatever? Am I tired? um, do I do need I a diaper need, change? Do I need a diaper change? Exactly. <laughs> and how can I change my environment that would assist me in feeling differently? Because you, we call that a healthy distraction. Because when you're in the middle of a storm, you actually need to distract yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And the way we want to do that is like, I have a playlist of happy songs. I have a playlist of angry songs, depending on my mood. And then I'll listen to that. Or um, I may, you know, have a, I have a, you know, five minute, a couple five minute yoga things that I like to do. Um, or I have some friends on speed dial who 
I call. And even if they don't answer, I leave a message and say, hey, I'm struggling. When you get a chance, could you give me a call? And, you know, as I've had COVID in my household for the last two and a half, almost three weeks, I have called my friends. And this is not easy for me to do and said, I'm having a really hard time. COVID is messing with my brain. I'm feeling mm-hmm. you know, depressed and I'm isolated and I can't leave my house. I mean, literally um, having to reach out and, and, and ask people. Um, and some of them showed up and some of them didn't. And mm-hmm. the ones who didn't, you know, that's not about me. It, it, maybe they just don't have it in them right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can pay attention to those who did. And I did. And I was super grateful. And I called them all the minute that I tested negative and thanked them profusely. Yeah. yeah right. For still being there. For and still that's, being as, there. that's as much as, of a thank you as it is a reminder to yourself that you have a community. Correct. Yes. Yes. And that's right. why it's important to have a community, a community of people who get you, who see you for who you are and love you for all of your amazingness and your warts too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Literally one of my best friends who has been with me really by my side these last few weeks, uh, this summer we had a little party and I was all like super excited. And she, she just tapped me on the shoulder and she said, you need, can you slow it down? And I was like, okay, I have two choices here. I can slow it down and appreciate her for asking for telling me or I can feel like crap that I was too excited Mm -hmm. and she noticed it was a little of both to be honest sure yeah yeah but that was a loving thing that she said to me because if it was annoying her I'm sure it was annoying other people Right. well and what you just did is you I could see you thinking about talking to yourself. Like how, how do I talk to myself about this situation? I have this choice or I have this choice. Correct. And it was both, but you know, you, you figured out how you were going to respond. It's just really going back to what you're saying is to have that internal conversation with yourself when something like that happens. Right. Right. Yeah. Because here's the thing, and I've said this before on the show, but I'm going to say it again. If you talk to yourself in a way that you would never talk to a third grader with a skin knee, you are actually causing yourself harm. Mm. You are actively hurting yourself. Um, that is not self-care. It's self-cruelty. Self-cruelty. One of my Ouch. most... I know. That's harsh. That, that's a reality check. But it is true. It is true. Yeah. It is true. It is true. And, you know, there may be plenty of things you don't like about yourself. That's fine. I come up with three that are okay or good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, wow. And so uh, because that is what people like about you. Um, unless you live alone in a cave, I'm sure there are people in your life who like something about you. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're at your religious organization. Um, maybe you're the, the, just the person who, you know, checks out your books at the library and says, wow, you know, you pick the most interesting books. You know, whatever it is, we have to hold on to that because the world will take it away very quickly. 
Ah, such good reminders. It's, it's really it's such good reminders. And especially the idea of learning, of being able to reflect the good things, three good things about yourself in a in a universe, in a brain that often can't see it very clearly. That's a yeah. that's that's another thing to add to your phone. Right. By the way, Pete. Uh, you can be quick on your feet with a joke. You, um, you know, probably smell like peanut butter right now, and that's good. And also, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, and you're smart, and you're caring, yeah. and you're you're you are authentic. You know, well, that, that, that. you know, you're real. You're mm-hmm. real, Nikki. You are curious. And you're warm and you're caring. Your empathy is just, it comes right through and so smart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so like we want to hear those things. I want you to take them in. Well, you're very wise and very inspirational. That's for sure. Wow. (laughs) Such good stuff. I'm going to try to take that in. Yes. Yes. Sure. Sure. You're a fantastic role model for all of us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with us. In spite of having COVID uh, oh. for the last two and a half Negative weeks. for two days, babe. I'll take I'm it. So I'll take it. I'll take it. It is so great. What are you working on right now besides healing? Uh, I am actually working on a book proposal. Outstanding. Um, I am doing a lot of presentations right now, so I'm working on those, but I'm also working on a book proposal about ADHD and anxiety. Oh, <gasps> good. That's oh. needed. It needs to happen. It needs to happen like two years ago. Yeah. yeah. So, um, for that's all my, the things that we said today. Yeah. You know? exactly. Right. So yeah. Right. That's great. That's my goal. I have, and I've set aside a weekend in October and two or three weeks, two weeks, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that is, I'm going to touch up my proposal and send it off to my agent and have my fingers crossed that someone will want wow. to make a book out of it. Outstanding. We will we'll read have that our book. fingers crossed too. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where do you want people to learn more about your stuff? At my website, www.drsharonceline.com. Sign up for my newsletter. Comes out twice a month. I um, I cut back from weekly because I felt like it was a little bit too much for people. Um, there are original blogs that are free that you can access on my website. Um, I also have a YouTube channel, which has a lot of great material. And uh, you could be my Facebook or Instagram friend forever, and I'll be so grateful. Um, <laughs> that's where you can find out a lot about what's going on. And I, I post inspirational things all the time, little videos and sayings. Um, and of course, um, I am pleased to say that I do a, um, a Facebook Live twice a month with Attitude Magazine, oh, uh, which is really um, a great place to just join the community. Um, You don't have to reveal yourself. You can show up and not tell me who you are. You can show up and put your name and say, hi, I'm from such and such a place and not ask any questions or make a comment, but it's a very um, accepting place and it's a good way to learn more about ADHD. So these are all things that are happening in my world, and I'd love you to join me. All the links in the show notes. Sharon is the best. Go follow Sharon everywhere. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sharon. Hall of Famer, freshly minted Hall of Famer. Yay! On the- <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. Thank you for downloading and listening to this show. Thank you for your time and your attention. Don't forget, 
If you have something to contribute to this conversation, we're heading over to the Show Talk channel in our Discord server, and you can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level or better. On behalf of Dr. Sharon Celine and Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. <laughs>